about? Are you excited for Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get ready. All right, whenever you're ready, man. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and realm of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married with him. Mary did a second of a time. Well, they were there. The time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. And let them close and placed him in a manger. Because there was no guest room available for them. There are shepherds sleeping near by keeping watch over their flocks. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of God shone around him. They were filled with great fear. They were terrified. And the angel said, Fear not! Be afraid. I bring you great news. I bring you good news. I bring you good news. That will cause great joy. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. A savior has been born to you. This the sign of the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest." Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest of heaven. Glory to God. And on earth, peace. 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 Peace on earth. Peace is pebble on earth. <laughs> and the angels had left him. The temple said to one of them, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Which the Lord has told us about. Tell them found Mary and Joseph. And the baby. Who was lying in the manger. When they saw him, they spread the word concerning of what they had heard about this child. And all who heard it were amazed as the shepherds said to them. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned. Glorifying and praising God. Glorifying and praising God. Praising and glorifying God. Glorifying and amazing the Lord. For all the things they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you to our youth for sharing that wonderful Christmas story with us. Wow, I come with the gravitas today. Whoa. So glad to have you here as we uh, celebrate Christmas. And this is, uh, we're 
wrapping up our, our Advent series, which we began about a month ago as we uh, determined to watch uh, this season and to celebrate Christmas in a new light. Um, and there's a lot of great tradition around this time of year, and all of that's wonderful, but sometimes we get lost in the midst of it, and, and it's important for us to remember why it is that uh, why we're here. And I think something that helps me every year to, to focus back on the purpose of, of the season are the carols, the, the Christmas music. They're so rich, passing the doctrine from generation to generation to generation down to us. And, and uh, one of my uh, favorite carols, I think, that's really begins to show like Christmas in a, in a different light, what that looks like, how it changes us, is, is, uh, is one called The Bells on Christmas Day. I don't know if you've ever heard that one, but it's, it's a very, uh, it's been around, uh, it was written by the poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and uh, the, he was, uh, it was the time of the Civil War is when he wrote it. His only son was uh, off fighting, would later become injured and uh, disabled in that, uh, from his wounds. His wife, uh, because of the uh, issues with finding supply chain, everything like that, they couldn't get everything they needed, ended up becoming very, very ill and passed away. It was a difficult time uh, in the nation and all of this. And it was during this time, it was Christmas, uh, as he was uh, missing his son, terrified for the nation, he heard the bells, because churches used to have bells before we would get in trouble, right? You get ding, 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 as they would ring and people would know it's time to come to gather for worship. And he heard the bells ringing and he was struck in his heart by the difference of the joy of the Christmas and all of this from what he was feeling. And he, he sat down and he wrote these lyrics, uh, which I think are so profound. He says, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old, old familiar carols play, wild and sweet, the words repeat, of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And though how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. In despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells, more loud and deep, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. That strikes the heart, the core, I think, for a lot of us. That we, we oftentimes, we see the season or this world in one way, and the joy, the hope, and the peace, and the love that we celebrate now is, is something that changes how we perceive the world. And I think Henry Wadsworth Longfellow began to sense that. This was the transformation for him. He, he gave this song to a friend of his, John Baptiste Calkin. He turned it into a song in, in 1872. And uh, I think from that point, especially as a nation that was deeply divided, we wouldn't know much of that, but a nation deeply divided and a people struggling with so many difficult things. It was a reminder of why we celebrate, which I think is why it's resonated through the years to now. I think beginning with this song, is it, is it speaks to the heart. It, it shows us that Christmas, it can be understood in light of human suffering, right? And for Henry Wordsworth Longfellow at the time, it was a war. 
his only son was in peril and later be wounded. That, that there wasn't peace. The, the nation that he grew up in seemed to be falling apart around him. And there was a lot of suffering. There was a lot of death and destruction and pain. And I think at first he tried to justify the two. Like, do we just ignore the plight of humanity in the midst of our Christmas joy and message? But I think what he finds is that, no, it's because of Christmas that we're able to see the world differently and we're able to understand our suffering differently. It's not as hopeless as it would be if God were gone, if God were dead, or if he were sleeping. But that's not the way that it is. We know that because he showed up as a baby. He came to this earth. The armies of heaven declared peace to man. Like, think of this. God did not abandon us in our suffering or our brokenness. And is there suffering today? Is there loneliness happening today? Are, are there tensions that happen in our homes with our families and things today? Yeah. Is there war today? Yeah, there is. But that does not undo Christmas. In fact, we find that Christmas is what undoes them. That we find on this day, this day that we gather and we celebrate, that, that there is a new message that God has for the world. And it wasn't one of hopelessness. It was not one of judgment. In fact, Jesus said this when, when the description of why he even came. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And get this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Do you know that God is very aware of our suffering? That's why he came. God is very aware of the brokenness of this world. That's why he came to be a savior. That's why he came. He didn't come to make things worse. He didn't come to rub our nose in our brokenness. He came to lift us up to be our light in the darkness, to be our hope in the midst of despair, to be our ever companion in the midst of this place that can be so lonely. Christ came. God came. And sometimes I think we're afraid at this time of year to face human suffering, but no. I think it's this time of year that we're reminded that we can look into the darkness of this world and not flinch any longer because it has been overcome. The light of the world has come. God is making all things new. He is redeeming the brokenness. He is at work even now, and he has not abandoned us. And so, we turn from looking at the brokenness of this world, which oftentimes is the focus. For a lot of people, I think it's a lot of times why folks hate Christmas is because they're feeling brokenness in their life. Things aren't the way that they should be. And there is suffering and pain, and they hate this time of year because they think that we should just feel butterflies and happiness all the time at Christmas season. But that's not the point. Jesus came into the darkness. Jesus comes into your darkness. But when we focus on just the darkness, then we feel dark. It's grim, and we miss out on the joy, which is why we learn to see Christmas in a new light, not just in light of the human suffering, which of course there's human suffering, that's why we need a Savior, that's why, but we learn to see Christmas in the light of Christ's work. This is the power of the message of Christ. See, Longfellow was correct when he says that the world is at war. 
right? That, that there is no peace on earth, he said. <laughs> True. But he was also accurate when he remembered that, that God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The incarnation is the proof, the evidence that God is with us. And Jesus, he didn't come when we had just uber amounts of hope and joy and, and peace and love. That's not when he came to the people of Israel. I mean, he was born in a cave in a little manger for crying out loud because we're even a place for him while his parents are being taxed for a pagan emperor who was awful. It was a time in which there wasn't all these happy, fluffy feelings. And beyond that, I imagine a lot of people thought that Mary and Joseph probably weren't as righteous as they truly were. Because she was pregnant and they weren't quite married yet. And yet, in spite of all of this, in the midst of all of this, in response to all of this, Christ came nonetheless. And his work came and was fulfilled at just the right time. That God wasn't putting off people's sins before or just he wasn't procrastinating for all of those centuries that were leading up to it was a point of anticipation that God was at work doing something and he's not procrastinating now. Do you know that Jesus is coming back? That's the promise. And I imagine if he came as a baby to be executed, he's definitely coming back as the King of kings and Lord of lords to put all things right, to finally put an end to all of the brokenness and the death and the pain and the suffering and to make it no more. That's pretty awesome. And I think sometimes we think that he is procrastinating, that he's just putting this off. But, but Christ is not putting off coming back any more than most of us would like to put off opening our presents which I know that some of you young people had to do this morning because there was church on Sunday and you had to wait with anticipation for just the right time. But at just the right time, he's coming back. See, his work was completed on the cross, but it's not completed yet. See, Christmas in the light of Christ's work reminds us that there is a hope greater than what we see, that it's not done yet, that the best is yet to come. And as good as we have it today, that we have forgiveness and salvation, that we have a family of faith, that we're not alone, we have purpose for living in our life, and that God is changing and redeeming all of the broken things, even our own sin. He's turning around to make us better people for our good and the glory of his kingdom. We have all of this, and even that pales in comparison to what's coming. See, Christmas in light of Christ's work leads us to a joy that cannot be quenched by the suffering of this world. Like the, the Christmas in the light of Christ's work leads us to a peace that cannot be taken away by the craziness that's happening around us because our God is the one who brings order out of chaos. That's what he does, right? The, the, the Christmas in his new light gives us love of a God that is beyond our just our feelings, it's the kind of love that reminds us that God will not abandon us. He's not, he's not going to leave us nor forsake us for any reason. And that his work will be completed and that, that he, is, he is with us even now, even in the midst of a war, that God still loves us. And he still allows us to have this amazing thing where we don't have to be in bondage to our brokenness any longer. We don't have to, to hate people any longer. We don't have to be unforgiving and bitter any longer that because Christ forgave us, we can have acts of love and charity and forgiveness and kindness that we are set free from the, from the bondage or the brokenness of humankind. Christmas in the light of Christ's work is an amazing thing. 
dare I say, it's Mary. And it truly is. Romans 5.10 says, if, we were, if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? That's a gift. That Jesus didn't just come to die for our sins. He came to save us for a greater life. And if he did come to this earth and put on flesh, how much more is he coming back? How much more is he reconciling all things? How much more is he saving us to life? What an amazing gift. So we have this season today the wonderful reminder that, yeah, the world is broken. And we can see Christmas in the light of human suffering. I think we need to, to truly appreciate what Christ has done. But I think we also get to see it in a new light, a better light of Christ's work and in the light of his hope and peace and joy and love in the light of Christ who is with us. This is how we choose to celebrate. So, Christmas in the light of Jesus is the resounding joy that God exists. That we have reason for all of these amazing things, even in the midst of brokenness. That God loves us, he came for us, right? That, that he saves those who believe and that he's coming back. So, Longfellow was right. The, the right will prevail. The wrong shall fail, right? And we'll have peace on earth and goodwill towards men. So, today, as this we bring now our series of Christmas to a close, we don't bring the work of Christ to a close, do we? That's why the joy goes from here out. But I want you to carry that joy on with you, right? To carry the work of Christ as you go. And you know every week I have next steps for you. Every single week, right? Because I want you to follow Christ. Now, here's a, a really tough one I'm going to have for you. It's on your connection card, and that's this. As you celebrate Christ, have a Merry Christmas, right? In defiance of the, of the pain of this world, in defiance of the brokenness that we see around us, in celebration of the work of Christ around us, celebrate the Savior today. That's what I would like us all to do. Make that commitment if you can. If there's anything else that you have, please let me know. Write it on your connection card, right? A, a prayer request. We pray for you because our God is not done yet, and he's doing amazing things right now. And so if you've got a prayer request, I want you to know that God is, is big enough and strong enough, and he's determined enough to meet you in your darkness as well. He is doing amazing things. So let us know how to pray with you, to stand with you, to celebrate what Christ has done. And here in just a moment, we're going to take our offering. And as we do that, I invite you to take your connection card, put that into the offering basket along with your tithes and gifts. Now, obviously, this is the last Sunday of the year. If you want to make a year-end gift, you want to do that before the end of the week. Today is a great day to do that uh, because you're here. Uh, which is awesome, but collect those. And what we're going to do is we're going to build God's kingdom this next year, just like we've been doing in the past, as we see God continuing the good work uh, through us. And what a great thing that is. So as you make your commitments, uh, let's pray as we celebrate our Savior uh, today. Father God, thank you. Thank you for all the good things that you do. Thank you that you have uh, entered into this world where we were hopeless and you provided us hope. We couldn't save ourselves, so you saved us. We didn't know who you were, so you revealed yourself to us. We didn't know your ways, and so you showed us the way. Uh, you, you've taken out all of the guesswork. We know who you are. We know what you want, and you are a God filled with love and grace and mercy. And you have then given us not just this hope, but an amazing peace that we could be saved by your grace through faith. And our faith can be in, in the actual Messiah, our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
not only just be our Savior, but also to be our Lord, and it changes everything. And so we can live in this life with an amazing amount of joy that doesn't just look at the way the world is or how we're experiencing things, but also adds on to that the incredible hope that we have in Christ, knowing that you're not done working within us, but also that you're coming back to make all things new. And in every day that we experience your love and that kind of love that that transforms us from the inside out, that kind of love that, that would send you to this world for us, choosing our good above your own, Lord, that we can love you back and we can choose you and to follow you, but also we can love other people and that we can even choose to love our enemies, which is an amazing thing, to bring about this greater peace, that your light has come and we celebrate that. So today, may we celebrate you rightly. Father, I pray for those that might be lonely or broken or anything today that you would meet them now. Father, if, if there's suffering that's happening, that you would bind their wounds, that you would remind them that it's not over yet, and that today would give them that joy. Father, as we make this commitment to follow after you today, then fill our hearts with, with the commitment and determination to follow after you in that light, to walk boldly in this new way that you've given us to walk. Father, take our commitment, take our prayers. Father, take all of these things and our ties and gifts and use them to build your kingdom for your glory. We pray all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.